Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 493 of the JV Club with my awesome guest, Ashley Ray. She is responsible for many, many cool things on the internet, including the Stitcher Podcast TV, I say. So give this episode a listen. I know you're going to like it. For those of you who celebrate Thanksgiving uh, in whatever form you choose to make that happen, I wish you a good one. And we are also, let's see, by the time you listen to this, we will have announced some great new shows at SF Sketch that have been added to our roster, including a Mighty Wind live event with the cast and a ton of other great stuff and even more to come. So check us out at sfsketchfest.com. You can get tickets now and I hope to see some of you there. I am currently in Bogota, Colombia. Oh, wow. uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I thought. Um, what, I, why am I so shocked? There's no what the, the only, an answer that what I what like if you had said Santa Fe, I would have been like, mm-hmm, that makes uh, sense. I like, mean, I no. Yeah, I, I I feel like I tour the America all the time. People are like, oh, Chicago, you're in Chicago, New York, San Francisco. Okay, whatever. Yeah. And then I came down here, and people were like, oh, wait, you're like really on vacation? Like, yeah. oh, you're not just on tour? Yeah. So yeah. Wait, are you on vacation? Are you doing this on vacation? Uh, kind of. It's like my friend is living here for a while, so I came to visit her, and then it was like we did a week in Medellin, which is kind of like, I don't know, the the Chicago of Columbia, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's like very indie, artsy, and hip. Nice. Uh, and then Bogota is kind of more like a big city New York vibe, so I'm kind of just exploring, like doing week, like vacation stuff on the weekends, and then like working through the week. Got it. I mean, we're living in that world now, uh, for sure. Right? I was like remote new. work world. Like, yeah. yeah. What do you, what, when you say you're working through the week, what are you working on? Um, I, this is an immediate plug opportunity. Do you see what I've done yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, usually I, I wait till the MASH game. I'm not even going to do it this time. No, I'm gonna no, get right yeah, let's there. dive right let's in. Let's get in front of it. I'm recording my first comedy album early next year, so I've been doing just a ton of shows to to like get that hour down. If you're in LA, November 17th at the Elysian, you can come see me do my hour. Oh, nice. uh, Niles Abstin will be opening. So just kind of figuring out like listening to myself a ton and seeing if I really think I like jokes that I've been, you know, telling for like three <laughs> years. Uh, and then just a lot of writing, you know, I, I've got some pieces that are lined up for Vox and some other places. Yes. And my editors are like, could you please finish those edits? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how many different ways I can talk about not doing stand up, but I don't do stand up. And one of the many things that I find so impressive, it uh, is like just living with jokes for a long time and you know in some cases not so long but the idea of like like what it took me such a long time as a writer to not get tired of writing through multiple edits so the idea of like performing a joke that I also may or may not start to get sick of but then you have to sort of go well this might just be me or my mood people are still laughing at it like I gotta hold on to this thing. I gotta plow through this. Do you have those moments yeah. where you're like, while I now hate this joke, the people oh, yeah. still love it. So the I people gotta still keep love doing it. it. Yeah, I mean, that's like I've oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I have jokes I've been telling for like you know five six years, and people still love them. They're still great, and you know you're always reaching new audiences. 
but like you just kind of go on autopilot where you're like dun, 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 dun. like you just said it so many times sure. um there's like a moment in the show the tv show hacks uh where deborah vance is like they show like her doing the same set on top of each other at night oh, after yes. night yeah and you're just like that is 100 percent what it's like <laughs> it's just like at a certain point you're on autopilot and yeah. i guess that, that's why i'm excited to make this album because it'll be a way for me to Get those tracks down for the whole world and yep. never tell them again. Uh-huh. <laughs> Retire them. We'll yes, play taps yeah. at the end of the special. It's going to be great. Yeah, I have, uh, I just have nothing but respect for that. And I think we, you know, people do think of that kind of repetition. I think they perceive it differently than, you know, going to a show and seeing you know, your favorite singer perform a song that you know because you've looked online that the track list is the same. They've got their track list that they play, you know, on their entire tour. And I just don't think people necessarily, because joke telling has this sort of element of spontaneity to it, like where it does feel like, you know, if you're doing your job, you're making it, it sounds like you're coming up with it a bit on the spot, you know, at least more so than like, you know, singing a song for the umpteenth time. And then you have like singers who like really make sure to sing differently uh, every time they sing the song, which I I feel like that could go wrong a lot. Oh yeah. I I actually hate that. I hate when I like go see a band I love and they finally play like the hit I want to hear and they do it a little different. And you're just like, come on. Like, don't, I don't need that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like when I was a kid, like, Counting Crows was like the that was like the sort of punchline uh, example of that. I, apparently that singer, I never saw them or anything, but apparently that singer would just be like, you know, right yeah. here. Yeah. I'm going to talk now. Now I'm just going to say the next few lyrics. I'm just going to say them. I'm just going to say them out loud. I'm just talking. I'm talking. Yeah. Speak you would poetry. Just, you know, what? You'd always be like, oh, I hate that we got so popular. I still want to be like a different alt, yeah. alt band. And it's like, come yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. Come on. You're on the come Shrek on, soundtrack. Like, chill. <laughs> I love that you could throw that in anybody's face was on the Shrek, Shrek soundtrack. Yeah, very, yeah, them, Smash useful. Mouth. Yeah, <laughs> Smash Mouth is like, thank God we're on the Shrek soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> Others might be a little bit less enthusiastic. True. Um, do you have a music background at all? Do you do you, have you played instruments? Uh, do you any of that stuff? I get. Yeah, I I guess I um I played guitar. Uh, I started when I was like twelve. And played mostly through middle school and high school. Uh, I was in jazz band, played guitar. I did orchestra in middle school, and I was percussion, okay. uh, which mostly I just did percussion because my mom could only afford to buy me drumsticks. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when it be- when it was sense. the day to like bring your instrument in, I was like, yeah. "Mom, I need like an instrument. Can I have a saxophone?" And she was like, "No, but I can afford <laughs> drumsticks and a practice pad." So nice. I did that, but I hated orchestra. I. Oh, yeah. And like, I like jazz band because, you know, you just kind of blend in. I, w- I was just rhythm guitar. I wasn't lead. I wasn't doing anything like fun or exciting. And I don't I, It's weird because like if I am just on stage, me and a microphone telling jokes, reading poems, I don't get stage fright. Like I'm just put me on a stage with a microphone. and I'm good. Yeah. But if I have an instrument, hmm. I get so nervous. I get that. Yeah. And like we had to do these tests in our orchestra class where like everybody went up one by one and you had to like play a certain song to pass. And I had to go up and play the xylophone, you know, because percussion. And I was just shaking the whole time and like couldn't do it. And I was just like, yeah, the instruments aren't for me. Okay, first of all. Who cares? You're great. And uh, thank you. Thank you. Fuck themselves. No, but exactly. Second of all, (laughs) I'm so embarrassed that when you said that, I was like, oh, a xylophone is percussion. It is percussion. <laughs> it is, I yes. I forgot that things that play very specific yeah. notes 
are also is still percussion. Uh, yeah, we got the xylophone, tempani, bass drum, yeah. snare drum, uh, triangle, yeah. <laughs> triangle, triangle. We had one of those gong, uh, a gong. <laughs> there we did have a gong. We All had right. a gong. Yes, I'm yeah. five for five. Uh, yeah, okay, xylophone. Yes, a hundred percent. If you had asked me to put a xylophone into a category. Would I have said percussion? Would I have arrived at that on my own yeah. had you not brought it up? I'm very scared that I would have been like, I mean, I know it's not a woodwind. <laughs> it's also not a string. Like, I think yeah. I would have had to, like, my process yeah. of elimination maybe have gotten to percussion. I would have been like, I don't know. Is piano, like, a category? Myself? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They <laughs> look like keys. Therefore, keys, yeah, the piano but, yeah. family. It's in the piano yeah. family. You hit it with the mallet thing, so. <laughs> You're so right. This has rocked my world. <laughs> It, yeah, I'm take yeah. A little time with this information. Yeah, you know, if only I'd been uh, good at it. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen. You're gonna. I. You. There could come a time when you reintroduce percussion into your performing life vis-a-vis, and I'm so excited I got an opportunity to say that uh, term. Your jokes. That's it. You. You can become. I mean, do we have that? We have the. We have the cliche of like the person who does the little. You know, rim shot. Who's off to the side when the comedian is saying something? Do we have the person who's incorporated drums or percussion right into their stand-up set? The person who they themselves are providing, perhaps not a rim shot, but perhaps a little xylophone like, and that's why I did it. People might be really into that. I think they'd like it. I think that, yeah. Okay. All right. This is, don't listen to any of my ideas. Don't take any of my ideas. It's really bad. When did you start doing stand-up? Uh, I started doing stand-up uh, when I moved to Chicago. Uh, this is like 2015, basically. Uh, I moved to Chicago in 2013, uh, but I, I always knew I loved comedy. Like in high school, we would have uh, talent shows and like, I would just memorize Mitch Hedberg jokes and like dress up as him and like do a full oh, Mitch wow. Hedberg set. Or uh, like I said, I played guitar. So I like learned a bunch of Flight sure. of the Concord songs and would yeah. just like play them at school all the time. So like I knew I loved comedy, but I was always like, well, that's not a way to make money. So mm-hmm. in college, I was like, that's, you know, childish. I have to get my degrees. Uh, but then when I moved to Chicago, there was just such a supportive open mic mm-hmm. comedy scene. Um, if you know Sarah Sherman, who's now on SNL, and Becca O'Neill, who's just an amazing New York comic, yeah. uh, they started in Chicago. And at the time, they were the hosts of the Coles Open Mic, which is like the biggest, like, I don't want to say the biggest open mic in Chicago, but kind of like, you know, it's it's been running for years. Cameron Esposito came from there, Hannibal Burris. Sure. And it just like, it used to be like a very masculine open night Mike like Mm. it goes until two in the morning and like if you're a woman it's hard to get up Mm. but you know Sarah and Rebecca they were just so good at centering women and people of color and it just created this environment where I was like oh I can do this I'm supported this isn't just like a white guy thing sure oh my god which makes all the difference and I do feel like Chicago my experience of podcasting people from Chicago in the years that I've talked about you know high school years and whatnot on this podcast I do feel like one of the things that comes up over and over again is the idea that Chicago may not have the most opportunities in entertainment, but that there is this sort of, and I hate to say like it goes back to like the sort of Midwestern, like put your shoulder to the wheel and like grind it out, but that there is this like, hey, hey, dude, this is a job. 
Like, this is a job. This is, doesn't have to be a flight of fancy. Like, there's tons of improv schools here. People are going up every night. Yeah. Like, people are doing comedy. There's something about it that I think for a lot of people, like, legitimizes that as, like, this is a job like any other job. And it may not yeah, be that yeah. much. But it is a oh, job. Definitely not. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. <laughs> and it was like the first time I, you know, I started with open mics and then I started like booking uh, just like smaller showcases. And it got to a point where I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm making enough com- money from comedy to like pay for my weed every week. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, making like, oh, wow, like 40, 50 bucks. These are the gauges we use. OK, I could pay for coffees. Wait a minute. I oh, can pay for my can weed. You pay for my weed. Like, oh, I'm really 100%. making it. Uh, and then in 2016, I started working at The Onion, and that's when I was like, okay, comedy is you know, going to be something I really focus on and yeah. that I love. Yeah. Oh, good for you. Where did you move from when you moved into Chicago? Uh, so I, I grew up in Northern Illinois, uh, but I went to college in Western Massachusetts, a very tiny liberal arts school called Williams <laughs> um, that very few people have heard of. Uh, and after that, like, it's literally in a mountain range. They call it the purple bubble because like the closest grocery <laughs> store is 40 minutes away. Okay. And, yeah. And I was like, I need to be in a city again. Like I can't yeah. do this. Oh my God. Um, yeah. And since I was from Illinois, a lot of my friends were in Chicago. So I went right back there and, you know, got to kind of just get right back into my old friend groups and reconnect with people who like were really just kind of creatively aligned with me and really inspiring. And yeah, it was great. <laughs> How much of the the experience being in that purple bubble did you take with you? Because, you, you know, you say kind of dropping back into this life before. Did it end up sort of feeling like you were like, and remember when oh. I was in outer space for a few years, yeah. guys? I, ser- I served my mission. I came back and then uh, I resumed business as usual. Sorry, I like no, no, no. Sneeze, sneeze it up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... It truly was just like such a different experience and so weird. It's like this period of my life when I'm just like, what? (laughs) And it was unlike kind of anything else. Like I was so used to big cities and. What took you there? By the way, if I don't, uh, sorry, to I, it, it is a really good school. Like at the time when I was graduating, it was like the number one liberal arts school, and uh, okay. I got a full ride. Nice. And then they also were the, like one of the first schools in the country to do no loans. Uh-huh. Uh, so if you went there, they wouldn't put loans in your package. And so I was like, oh well, full okay. ride. And then if I, you know, do you know for the stuff that I do have to cover, I don't have to get a loan out. Yes. Um, so I was like, basically that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and that's I was like, great. that's a good deal. It's a good school. And, you know, at the time, so my high school is very small. There were like 22 kids in my class. Whoa, that is small. Okay. Yeah, very tiny. So going from that to Williams where, you know, it's like 400 kids in a class. I was like, oh, this is going to be huge. Uh This is gigantic. And then your first year there, you realize like, oh, there's 2,000 kids total here. I see the same people every day. I'm going crazy. Uh (laughs) It's cold here all the time. Mm. Like there's nothing to do. And I I couldn't do it all four years. My junior year, I went abroad because I was just like, I can't anymore. And Where'd you go? I, I, uh, I went to Germany. I lived in Hamburg and Sweden for a bit. Oh, wow. Okay. And yeah, I that. Yeah. And I lived in a city. I was just like, I, oh, my gosh, people. It feels so good. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. But I think like I took a lot from that. Like I, when I when I left, I kind of found this new ability to. I don't know, just try to entertain myself wherever I am mm. and like find people that like you click with. Like yeah. I only, I think, survived that school because I found such a strong group of friends where we were in it together. <laughs> nice. 
Okay, so yeah. you did end up you you did collect some people that you kept with you. Oh uh, yeah, along the way it wasn't yeah. like like this a blip that you're like yeah I mean I have no there's no like evidence that I even ever went there <laughs> that I even ever you. went there I, I know yeah I I still have some really good friends because it's truly just like we survived that January winter when it was like negative forty degrees in Western Massachusetts together yeah. you know and. And like it's kind of you'd feel like you escape a bit when you finally graduate. Like, yeah, I mean, does that? I guess the I, I guess the positive side of that would be like, listen, you are going to get real good at school because there's oh, yeah. nothing else going on. And I, I, yeah, and I yeah. will admit that was another reason I went there. Mm-hmm. I I was a big nerd. Um, uh-huh. well, <laughs> might be hard for people to imagine. And... Yeah, it might be hard for people to imagine because I'm so like cool now. Uh-huh. But like, I truly was one of those kids my senior year where I was just like, I'm going to college to learn. Uh-huh. Like, uh, why would I go to party? <laughs> like, I'm going to learn, get my degrees. Yeah. So I, I did want I to go to like, you, a school. I love you. You even knew multiple degrees. You were like, I'm not even. There's an S at the end of that, y'all. Uh, I, I always knew I was gonna double in English and history. Uh, and then somehow when I got there also ended up majoring in German. <laughs> Wait, did you have, you're saying you had triple major? Yeah. Oh my Lord in heaven. Okay. Yeah. I, nobody liked me. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> what about Germany? You're like, see ya, this, it'll matter here. So yeah, in Germany, I was, a, I did the Smith college program and honestly the Smith college girls, they were nerdier than me. They okay. were bigger nerds. So when I did that, I was like the cool kid. They were like, wow, a girl from Williams. Like she's <laughs> wow. And I was just like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm dangerous. Yeah. I studied German and history, but like, then I would go back to Williams and people, <laughs> the, this was like kind of before really, I guess, Twitter and stuff had blown up. And we had this thing on campus called WSO Williams students online. And you could just like post about things on campus, post about whatever and someone posted asking how many triple majors were on campus. Uh, uh, and people were like, why do you want to know how many nerds are here? <laughs> why do you want to know the people making the worst decisions? Uh-huh. And of course, there's like four of us who are like, we figured out our triple majors and we're happy. Like, don't be mad at us because like we know what we wanted to do. Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. I'm sure you've noticed how giant corporations are controlling more and more about what we consume, whether it's our food, our news, or even the shows we enjoy. The Greatest Generation is a show that stands up to Big Star Trek and says no. We can laugh about costumes that fit too tightly in the groin area. We can make a Star Trek podcast that's basically only about that. The Greatest Generation. The show for free and independent thinkers about Star Trek. And the groins of different costumes. Reviewing every episode in order. So subscribe to The Greatest Generation on MaximumFun.org. You'll be doing your part in telling the Star Trek industrial complex that they can't control your mind. Please tell me there's no minors if you have three majors. If you have three no, majors. No, there's no minors. There's no three, minors. Got three majors, huh? uh, yeah, my school didn't have minors. They just had like concentrations. So, okay. Yep. Like yep, you yep. pick your major and then like have a concentration. So I majored in like English with a concentration in uh, creative writing and history okay. with a concentration in German history okay. and German language. So, okay. So history like, with a concentration. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. And so that made sense. And then I don't know. I, like I said, I was a nerd in high school. I took languages from, you know, fourth through 12th grade. I just, to me, like, if you're in school, you should be studying a language. Like, that's just how my brain yeah. worked. 
So when is I got that, so there, that's you, that's your head. That's not like also yeah, the upbringing of people of no. your family members being like no, Listen, no, no, no. I mean, my mom was always that? like, "I want you to learn Spanish because duh," and right. I was just like, "Cool, mom, I'm gonna take Latin." Uh-huh. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm gonna I take the original Spanish. <laughs> thanks. True. And like, also, like I said, my nerd school, it was mandatory for all sixth graders to take Latin. So I start. Yeah. So I started there. And then it was just kind of like, well, if you want to be like one of the good students, you continue taking Latin. Like, you know, it was kind of like to me, I don't know. There was like a to me. I felt like, oh, the cool kids are the ones who like take Latin in another language. So I think like seventh grade, I eventually started taking Spanish and Latin and I was just like, yeah, you should always, if you're in school, you should just always take a language. So when I went to college, I was like, oh, I'll probably just keep taking classics and Latin. And quickly I was like, oh, that is useless. (laughs) I was like. (laughs) It took you to that point, though. It didn't take you that long. (laughs) It truly did take me seven years to be like, you know what? I don't need to do this. Like, what am I studying? I know enough Latin for it to be like useful for an SAT. And I did the SAT. Uh So what are we still doing here? And I actually wanted, I wanted to take Swedish, but my school didn't have Swedish. And German is kind of like the next closest language they had. So I was like, oh, I'll do German, get the basics. And then eventually I'll be able to take Swedish. Never took Swedish. Uh And there you go. (laughs) What drew you to Swedish and Sweden? Uh So I grew up in this town, Rockford, Illinois, uh, which at one point had like the highest Swedish population like outside of Stockholm, like, you know, way back in like, I don't know, the 1700s or something like when they were immigrating. But it's like this little northern Illinois town that is like heavily Swedish. Uh, It was also founded uh, by Louis Lemon, a black man. Uh, and a French person. So it was very like diverse. Yeah. Um, I loved like growing up there. I was very used to just like eating Swedish pancakes with lingonberries. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. I had a lot of like Swedish friends who introduced me to like their heritage and stuff. And I, at some point in high school, got really into Ingmar Bergman movies, uh, the mm-hmm. Swedish director. Yeah. And like I, I just fell in love with his movies. To me, they mm. were everything. I was like, the seventh seal is my soul. Like, wow, mm. scenes from a marriage. He just gets me. Oh my god, summers with Monica. Uh. <laughs> scenes from a marriage. You said as a as, as a, a seventeen year old. Yeah, yeah we've like, all done it. I definitely was I, reading. I, I, I was reading I, Margaret I, Atwood novels right. about like the dissolution of marriage when I was fifteen, being like, she really gets me. Like, yeah, like as I was, I was just like a pretentious nerd in high school, yeah. and I don't know. I was like, oh, I'll learn Swedish and be able to like watch Ingmar Bergman movies without subtitles, and it'll be beautiful. Yeah, and that's truly like it. I was just like, oh, it's cool because like Swedish people are where I live and. Yeah. <laughs> well, does that, I mean, does that translate to like, have you, cons- I mean, well, well, I'm not like meaning to blow anyone's mind right now, particularly not yours, but do you, because you have this active mind and because you had just even based on you talking about like wanting to see through Latin, right? Like if I'm going to know it, maybe not so much with the percussion, the xylophone, but like yeah, or, if you gave are a person who's like, I have an affinity towards this, are you going to keep pursuing what like well what else is out there about this yeah. like if it's in front of you and there's more are you going to be like well 
the story doesn't end here. Let me look, 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 look. So if you had grown up in a place where it was like Norwegians instead of Sweden, like, would you, you know, would you have found like the beauty in in Norwegian art or in Norwegian, you know? I I think so. You know, it's like, it just happened to be one of the weird things around me, like in my little weird town. I mean, it's very interesting. Like no shade. Like I totally get it. Yeah. And you know, but also like, I, I mean, Latin, I will also say that as on top of like being like just super nerdy and pretentious, obviously I was a very competitive student. And, and like to me, it was very like, okay, if you want to like compete with the top of the class, you have to take all the classes. Like it was always, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, this is, you know, my therapist and I are talking about why I just constantly feel the need to compete. But it was very like, you know, I liked competing. We had a national Latin exam where you, you know, would take this exam. We had a Kurtaman team where you would compete in Latin language and uh, trivia against mm-hmm. other schools. And I just love that aspect of it, of just yeah. being like, I compete in this thing. Nobody knows. I have three gold medals in the national Latin exam. Oh God, you're a gold medal winner. You're a gold medal winner. <laughs> yes, yes. And truly one of the biggest disappointments of my life is that my senior year, I did not place for gold. It would have been my fourth. And mm-hmm. if you get all four, you get a gold Latin dictionary. <laughs> I truly oh did God. want so badly. And I just imagined it being all gold. Like every page is gold. Yeah. It was Very like gold. Bon- like I wanted it so bad. Oh. And my senior year, I, I partially, I, I went in sick that day for the national Latin exam. And the question I got wrong, a lot of Latin teachers actually like, like filed a complaint because they oh felt the, God. it was a multiple I choice answer. They felt it was right unclear. Now. I still to this day, like when I go back to my like school my and I talk to my Latin teacher, she's like, I do believe you deserve that point. You know, it was a questionable wording of like a, it was about Romulus and Remus, the founders of Rome. Uh-huh. <laughs> Clearly, I this haunts me. I remember right every now. detail. It's so good. You're like, and I am still in a way competing for that fourth gold yeah, medal. And you know, At I any think anytime if someone wants to go ahead and yeah. give it to me, I don't consider it like an honorary medal. I consider I it but, a yeah. legit a I legit should not medal. have been graded down on that. Yeah. And, you know, Love if it. the National Latin exam would like to fix that some 15 yeah. years later, yeah, I would accept it. I would accept uh, it. I'm going to work on that. I'm going to quit everything I'm doing and see if I can't make that happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, the the great Romulus, Romulus and Remus question of 2009 uh-huh. <laughs> National Latin exam. Big controversy. You'll see. <laughs> I remember the New York Post reported on it. A lot oh, of reportage. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's, and so... When you were, when you knew that you wanted to, you know, for example, when you're in the small school, was it a private school? Was that why it was so small? Yeah, it was a tiny weird private school. Was it like Catholic uh, school or? Oh, no. It, so. Yeah. Um, you're like, oh, no, no. No, yeah. Like uh, my my city, Rockford, it's, to, to clear, my city, Rockford, Illinois, is Forbes magazine ranked it the like third most depressing city in America. Yahoo ranked it like the most miserable place to live in America. It's basically like the Flint, Michigan of Illinois is how it's viewed. Boy, you Uh, have not, you have, I love that I'm learning this now because you have painted such an extraordinary picture of what, what you were passionate about that I'm like... No, yeah, people are like, oh, you not, must be from some Rockford. like, yeah, my you're like, you must be Swedish. from some, yeah, you're like from some nice Chicago suburb, right? And then it's like, no, it's Rockford. It has like more crime per capita than Chicago. Basically, it was a big uh, industrial town. It used to be known as Screw City because it okay. made the most screws in the world. 
Uh, they and did then that when to all themselves. the got it. Yeah, yeah. When all the industry left in the '80s under Reagan, it basically just became kind of a ghost town and just full of poverty, crime. Um, I thought and, Reagan and, made the economy great and kept all. Yeah, the yeah. You know, I I thought he just like fixed everything, but yeah. <laughs> it you know it is. Uh, I, I do see the criticism. Um, but for me growing up there, like I can talk about Rockford being bad. If anyone else tries it, I will fight them. I'm like, no, you yeah. can't say anything about my hometown, but sure. you know, it definitely had problems. It's racist. It's it's like very segregated. And part of that is that the school district, the public school district is horrible. Like it's so segregated that unless you live on the far, far East side and you're going to Guilford, the only like kind of good public school, you're going to end up at Auburn where there were like more fights than, mm. you know, like, class periods because they'd usually have to like shut down for the day like most of the textbooks were from the 60s and 70s that's where my friends went that's where my brothers and sisters went and it just was it's a horrible school like they have a higher teen pregnancy rate than graduation rate and my mom she was uh she had her own daycare she did early childhood development and she just was like I can't send you to these schools. Like, I, yeah. I don't know why she, with me, I, I'm the youngest, I guess. But with How me, many brothers and sisters do you have? How many people did that cycle through? Is I have, it like a sister or brother well, for every year two, of Latin you took? I have, two, <laughs> I have two older brothers and an older sister, but to be fair, they're like all like 18, 20 years older than me. Got it. So, you know, Got back it. in their day, the schools probably weren't sure. as bad, okay? Sure, when sure, they sure. were there in like the 70s. So. Yeah. Okay, so you know? you're a baby, baby. Yeah, and, I'm the baby, and by that baby. time, your mom also had the sort of like yeah, experience I, of her yeah. life to yeah, yeah, speak you know, to and that. to see yeah. like those were horrible schools, and I don't want Ashley to go through that. And uh, all of the public or the private schools in Rockford, though, most of them are religious. You know, they're either Catholic or you know Rockford Christian. And then there is one private school that is independent of religion. Hmm. It's called Keith Country Day School. And that's where I went. And my mom truly chose it because she was like, it's independent of religion. She tried yeah. to send me to uh, a religious school for elementary, um, for like first through third grade. I went to this school called Faith Academy <laughs> and I just got in trouble every day. Like I would, <laughs> I would bring Pokemon cards to school and get in trouble because they said Pokemon were from the devil. Oh, uh, I got no. in trouble for like reading a Harry Potter book. Oh, one of you those know. schools. Yeah, one of those schools. Said. And it, it just like reached a point where my mom was just like, you're all ridiculous. She can read yeah. Harry Potter. I'm taking her out of this school. And so she found one that she was like, okay, this place... It's free of it's independent of religion, but it's also the like most expensive school in Rockford. It's Woof. I mean the tuition is basically like a college tuition and they do have scholarships. I managed to get one. I so I got a, like a full ride. I didn't have to pay for anything except for like textbooks and uh And when did you start that school? Sorry. Fourth grade. Okay. Yeah. So, so somehow grade, you had managed to kind of keep it together enough like even in the circumstances of like yeah this you know of like yeah like I just was like I, I don't know I don't know why I was very like this religious school is so silly anyway I was like happy to go somewhere else and I don't, it was very it's like a very tiny tiny school when I went in fourth grade there were nine people in our class and only wow. three girls hmm. just oh me gosh. and two other girls wow. and wow. no we didn't get along so oh yeah, yeah, Great. three girls and like we mostly We're all hated each other. We're not going to bump into each other at all. <laughs> it's actually funny because we all still see each other to this day. Oh yeah? How do it's, you yeah, feel it's, now? I mean, 
so two of, so there was another girl who was new the same year I was and we did click because we were both new but then the other girl she'd been the only girl in the class oh. since like kindergarten uh-huh. so she felt all threatened she was like I'm the girl who are these yeah. girls oh my and goodness. I w- before I tell this story I will say I'm gonna say this she was racist like all right there were hey. there were only three girls in our class and yeah. she would have sleepovers and be like I'm gonna have an all-girl sleepover and not invite me because she said black people stole. So she didn't want me in her house. So it would oh. just be sleepovers with her and the one other girl. God. And I was clearly like, uh, I did not get an invite. Oh. And it became such an issue that the school had to have like a t- sit down with the parents to be like, okay, cat, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> to be like, okay, so she doesn't want Ashley at her house. <laughs> And she was, the teachers were literally like, so she doesn't want Ashley at her house because she thinks black people steal and we are fine with that. But we came up with an alternate solution. Ashley, you can go to the boys sleepovers if your mom is okay with that. You know, we still want you to socialize. So would you be happy going to the sleepovers with the boys? Um, what? <laughs> yeah, that was their solution was that they were like, oh, well, Ashley gets along with the guys too. So can't she just like go to their sleepovers? I guess that's the same thing. Yeah. And... I mean, my mom, to her credit, was just like, well, yeah, Ashley's friends with it. Like, to, I don't know. For me, I was like, yeah, I don't care. Like, I'm, yeah. I like the guys. I'll hang. And so that's what, you know, she would just drive me to, like, the boys in their land parties. And we would, like, watch <laughs> Quentin Tarantino movies. And-, and you're like, now who's the only girl? Yeah. Thing? Now who's the only <laughs> Right? And it was just a weird school where that's how they, like, handled things. It was very, like, racist, like, super rich kids. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely stunned by, like, we know this isn't right. Yeah. But we're not going to address it in any kind of, like, meaningful way. Meaningful way. That was the entire school. Like strange. The school went from kindergarten to 12th grade, and 6th through 12th graders are all in the same building. Yeah. Uh, And when you get to 6th grade, it's mandatory to have a laptop. So every student gets a laptop when you're in 6th grade. Uh, And for me, this was like, what, 2002? So imagine giving a 12-year-old a laptop in 2002. (laughs) Yeah, that's... uh, I'm like, did I have a laptop? And this is like before they knew how to do firewalls or anything. Uh Like, we were just like on these... We're in school, like in AIM chat rooms. Like, dudes are like... Weird dudes are asking us for nudes and stuff. We're just... Oh, God. It was horrible. And... So just a lot of like, we're not thinking this through to like its logical conclusion. We're just sort of like dealing with what's here in the moment and like Mah. yeah and like mm. my best friends in sixth and seventh grade were like 11th and 12th graders because we were all in the same building and you wow. know we talk online and it was like Damn. there would be eighth graders who dated 12th graders and the school was just like okay and we'd yeah, be like I, uh, <laughs> what was your dating experience like were you uh, were you dating so, any of those 12th graders no ever? no i um like i said the school was uh very racist so as a black girl and one of only two um i was the only black kid in my class and then there was only like one other black girl in the whole school who her name was chevy and they would get our names mixed up all the time and then it just became like a joke among all the teachers and students to call me chevy and her ashley and we would just be like that how is this funny we're all (laughs) hey ladies we're all in on this joke yeah like oh we love it and it's we would just thing be, we all share. We all love it. Don't you love oh it? And we would just be God. like, no. Oh like, we never God. loved this. Yeah. And wow. Wow. So, wow. you know, even, I don't know, like, I'm, I, it just was very clear to me, like, oh, the standard of beauty at this school is skinny white girls and right. 
this is not for me. So I never dated anyone from my like middle school or high school. I had like one, yeah, I had like one crush on a boy, and I don't. I think I told him I did. I just remember. Like in high, I think it was like my freshman year, we went to like this DIY show. Rockford has like a lot of little DIY venues and bands play. And we went to one where like I knew everyone, I hung out all the time. And we were like hanging in the back, back part where like that's where the cool kids could hang out. Where like, yep. you know, there was like this back stairwell where you could go and like smoke and people sure. would do graffiti. And we were like sitting back there and I was like, I mean, I like you and I don't know, maybe we could date or something. And instead he was just like, you want me to take your virginity right now? (laughs) Okay. And I was like right here on these steps behind Minglewood. And he was like, last chance to lose your virginity. And then I was just like, crush over. (laughs) Like done. (laughs) Yeah. Good for you. I mean, so I. Yeah, I only really dated like people from my neighborhood. With, you know, I grew up on like the segregated black side of town, and yep. I dated people who mostly went to Auburn, the public school by me. Like my whole dating life was just like outside of the high school. Sure, yeah. Which again, like I, I, I that's absolutely true for me. Also, like there was definitely no like you are here and only here. So your, yeah, whatever your friendship or dating pool is going to be is going to be there. Like for sure, there, yeah, not necessarily. Um, but the reasons for me did not include racism. So, um, uh, that fucking sucks. Yeah. And it was just, what you a know, mess. What a mess. I don't, yeah, I don't like regret it. I think most of my friends who did date within our high school regret that. <laughs> so, no. you know, and yeah, that's also yeah. hard. Like being, being with being like, listen, kid that I was like eight with now I'm ready to see you at a whole new life. Yeah. Now oh you're God. a person that I'm going to have sex with. That also feels yeah. like super weird. Like you're my, you're my, you're my sibling. You're basically yeah. my school sibling. And I, I forgot the reason I mentioned that that girl was racist is because like after all of that, me and the other new girl, we like, bi- we like bound together. Yeah. <laughs> and, and maybe what was like my first and biggest moment as a bully, we like started writing her fake love letters from this guy that like. <gasps> Like, on these, like, sleepovers, she'd be like, I have such a crush on this boy. And so when the other girl told me, I was like, oh, I have my plan for revenge. (laughs) And I started just, like, writing all these, like, fake anonymous letters where I'd be like, I heard you like me and I like you too. And if you, like, want to, like, date or something, wear a red shirt to school tomorrow. And then she'd wear, like, a red shirt. Manipulative, like, pull, like, puppet master shit. It was truly (laughs) evil. It Wait, was. When you say your first and biggest, how many were there after this that were significantly smaller, but still you categorize as yourself as a bully? I'm like first. And was like, it all for, about that one girl? No, I'm uh, like no. But uh-huh. I, I to me, it's like was I a bully or was I just responding to the racism right. I was facing? Like right. Is it bullying if it's also like this white kid who like left chicken bones outside my locker and was like, don't your people use those? I mean, no, it's not. No, bullying. no, that's just retaliating. It's retaliating. So when I wrote her fake love letters and she cried when she finally found out Stevie didn't even know who she was, that was just because, hey, don't be racist yeah. then. Yeah. And, you know, I'd say like in I think it was seventh grade, I was on like our math and science team. And I was the only girl. They like drove us to Springfield, Illinois for some like competition. 
And on the way there, like, one of the boys started making fun of me and was like, Ashley's not even smart. She's a girl. And, like, what do black people even know about science and blah, blah, so blah. So you got it from all, you were getting sexism. Yeah, like, and everywhere. Racism, and, yeah. and they were playing with this Rubik's Cube and they were, like, passing it between all the boys and they were like, Ashley, you won't even be able to solve it. Like, why would we waste time giving it to you? And they wouldn't give me the Rubik's Cube. And finally, like, I grabbed it as they were snatching it. And I, like, was trying to do it, and they just were, like, yelling at me and, like, calling me names. He was like, you're a stupid bitch, Ashley. And I just looked at that kid who was, like, sitting in the front of the car with the Rubik's Cube. And I was like, fine. I don't want it anymore. And I threw it very hard. Uh And I thought he'd catch it. And he kind (laughs) of did, but he caught it with his eye. He caught it with his face. (laughs) Yeah. And it, like messed his eye up (laughs) like he had like this huge bruise on his head like we are going to this competition he has like an ice pack and i was just like i don't feel bad for you (laughs) i was like you literally call me all these names you should have put your hands up and caught it and so you know some may been bullying but to me it was like you kind of deserved it you know i mean i it's not i think holding kids accountable for like reacting to torture of one yeah. type by like finally just like exploding is um hard to and of course and yeah, i'm not it's... saying like go you know there's go bully but, yeah. but like you know i mean yeah that's uh super it's just, super understandable yeah it's hard to like i when i tell those stories people are like oh that's what i mean but then when i give the background like what yeah. my school was like people are like yeah. oh that's fair like i mean you were getting bullied by the nerds yeah, like you're getting bullied like, by everyone. Yeah, <laughs> and like even teachers, like yeah, teachers yeah, would be like, no. "Oh, well, you know, like in, in high school they thought I was like a troublemaker and a like a druggie because I was a black girl." Like truly they'd just be like, "You have to take care of your reputation, Ashley." Oh and I would just be God. like, "Why don't you go talk to like the white kids who are doing coke in the bathroom? Uh, like, yeah. why are you yelling at me?" Yeah. And there wasn't a lot of diversity. Like we had two Jewish kids in our class and they used to play this game called throw the Jew in the can and they would take the Jewish kid and put him in a trash can and then throw pennies at him and teachers would join in like teachers yeah teachers would join teachers would be like haha that's so funny like the French teacher would be like I have some quarters like I'm not kidding and like this kids would just be like oh they do it because we're friends it's like a horror movie like I bring have you contacted Jordan Peele have you contacted (laughs) Jordan to be like hey guess what Uh, remember the faculty yeah I got got an idea and people think I'm making it up and then I like talked to that kid and he was like yeah it totally happened but it was because we were friends and I was just like Billy no I'm sorry yeah I was like no dude it was because they were bad people that wasn't friendship and like teachers would encourage it so it like wasn't a place where when these things would happen to me I knew I could like go to a teacher or the principal and be like hey this is happening because they would just be like well you know that's how they feel and you know maybe it was a joke and maybe you should find a new way to build on this as a friendship and it's like no these are racist kids which is like gaslighting basically yeah when you sort of like deform what's happening and turn it into something that's like your problem like well maybe you're just too angry yeah maybe yeah it's your anger and maybe so you know my school like from a very early age i was like this is a toxic place like all of my friends were from other social activities yeah like i did eventually get a best friend at my high school like when i was in high school and it was only because we like met in girl scouts when i was in eighth grade there you Uh, go 
and I was like, I got my friend. Like I got like, yeah. And like, she also was like on scholarship. So we were like the two, like we're on scholarship. We're poor. And oh, that was another, like if you were on scholarship at my school, uh, you had to do like a, kind of like a work study thing. Like you would either have to like work in the library or work in clean dishes (sighs) And so it was very clear, this like, so problematic. <laughs> yeah, it was very clear, like, oh, you're a poor kid who's here for free yeah. and wash my dishes. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's a yeah, that's I should listen. I wish I could say I was surprised by this late breaking <laughs> fact that you also yeah. were like shown to be. But that's and that definitely is not uncommon. Like, I definitely yeah. know that that's a situation that was would come up in a lot of in a yeah. lot of educational you know, when they're like, yeah, 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 it's cool. Like. You'll basically work for the students. Yeah, you're going to work for the students. In addition to being their peer. Yeah. And like you would get library duty, which was so silly because like no one ever used the library. So you'd just be sitting there. And to get to our gym, you had to like walk through the library. So like all the like jocks and stuff would be like, look at the poor kids. You have to like work in the library. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I, I can definitely say my high school experience, that school made me who I am. It definitely shaped me in some very interesting ways. And, you know, I guess like I wouldn't do it differently. I think my mom was right. It helped me. I mean, she sent me to that school because she was mostly like, I just want you to know how to deal with like racist white people. She literally was like, this is how you're going to need to survive in the world. And I would, you know, I would come home and she would be like, you don't need to be friends with those racist white people. You're not there for that. You're there to get your education to learn how to deal with them, you know? And I do think it helped in college because I was kind of, you know, when I got to college, I was used to extremely privileged white kids. So they didn't like, you know, they didn't impress me. They didn't shock me when I got to college. And so many other kids I knew would be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this girl like has a helicopter or this kid's like a prince of blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I would just kind of be like, whatever. (laughs) Like, you know, (laughs) rich white kids can also still be horrible people. So whatever, let's, you know. So it did, it did prepare me for that. It did. (laughs) Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Hi, it's Kevin. MaxFun HQ. This year for Giving Tuesday, we're inviting you to a super fun tarot event. It's got some of your favorite MaxFun hosts and it's for a great cause. Join Depression Mode's John Moe, Carrie Poppy of Ono, Ross and Carrie, Stuart Wellington from The Flophouse, Tom Lum from Let's Learn Everything, and Ellen Weatherford of Just the Zoo of Us. Your suggested $10 donation supports National Casa GAL and their work advocating for kids in foster care. That's this Giving Tuesday, November 29th at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Check out MaximumFun.org slash events for more information and tickets to The Tarot Show with John Moe. I got to get into this mash game with you, yes. uh, m'lady. I got to, this is, I, 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 I'm excited to hear because I feel like I, I'm, I'm getting these little peaks at sort of things that you were into that weren't school oriented, but there was so much to talk about (laughs) with respect to this fucking crazy school that you went to that I'm so glad we did. But how do you use the mash to like, you know, sort of, sort of tease out some of the like cultural, like sort of like, for example, let's start with this, like, and it doesn't have to be people that you loved then, but like 
three bands then or now that you would have loved to or you would love to basically just be able to teleport to like a show to get to see them perform oh okay Ooh, i'm gonna go i'm gonna go i'm gonna do my high school faves okay great um well like oh man my favorite band in high school was say anything I was obsessed with Say Anything. I, my friend and I like went to Warp Tour in 2007 just to see them. And then like the lead singer, Max Bemis got sick and they like brought out Coheed and Cambria to sing with them. And everybody else was excited. And we were just like, if I'm not getting Max Bemis, I don't want this. (laughs) And we just like left. We were just like, yeah, Yeah. we were just like, no. And (laughs) I never made up that chance. I never got to see them again. So I was always very disappointed to Say Anything. Perfect. Um, I mean, my aim screen name was Ash Blink fan, so yeah. I gotta give it to Blink One Eighty Two. Fantastic! I was big into Blink One Eighty Two, and finally, um, on that list, Ani DeFranco. Oh, sweet, sweet Ani. <laughs> I knew that I was a queer kid from a pretty young age, and started listening to like Ani DeFranco and Tori Amos when I was in like sixth grade because mm-hmm. all my friends were like, you know, like twelfth grade lesbians. Yeah. And yep. yeah, yep. yeah, I know it well. I know it well. <laughs> I definitely was very much in that. Next category, let's do three uh, movies that you can jump into. You're not reliving the plot of the movie. You're just like in that world with those characters whenever you feel Ooh. like it. Okay. Uh, Eternals Under the Spotless Mine. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, oh, my God. Why do I feel like I've never seen a movie in my life nope, right now? That's what this <laughs> game does to people's brains. It like somehow really just... Like- Erases everyone's memory. Oh, so I've included. just never seen a movie. Uh, <laughs> I, I love that the one movie you could think of is a movie about erasing memories. About yeah, like I'm just like I, I was obsessed with that one in middle school. Oh, like me too. I had a custom hoodie that was like orange with like a bunch of quotes on it. <gasps> I have um, a, I had a custom hoodie. It was not a custom hoodie, but I had a hoodie that uh, that was like fan art hoodie that was yeah like, two of them and one bit. I can't see anything about you I don't like, and then yeah. she's like, "You will or whatever." Yeah, I'm so uh, proud to wear it. Like, oh yeah, notice me. Notice I got that mine I have from, this on. Yeah, I got mine Who's from like people? a from like a live journal community where a bunch of people were like, Perfect. "We're gonna order these. Who wants them?" Perfect. So, and I was like, "Of course." Um, okay. Oh my gosh. I mean, well, I talked about Ingmar Bergman, and if I have yeah, to go with go. a with an Ingmar one, I'm gonna go with Smiles of a Summer Night. Great, I like this because <laughs> we still have um, meteorological and or planetary stuff. Have you we've got nighttime? Yeah. We've got the sunshine of eternal sunshine. Uh, yeah, okay. Smiles of a Summer Night, uh, Bergman's only comedy, and then. Oh, Oh, I exist in this world. (laughs) You might be my favorite. I'm drawing a blank, like how to express that you're drawing a blank person of all time. I'm a TV girl. That's why I have my podcast, TV I Say with Ashley Ray, where we talk about TV. (laughs) Oh, TV I Say with Ashley Ray? Yeah, my podcast where we talk about TV. Uh, Don't worry. We'll make that a category as well. And then I've had two answers come in my head that are like movies I loved as a kid, but they're too problematic to name now. So I won't. Understood. (laughs) I, I will go with it's called like Water Lilies, I think. Mm. <laughs> and it's like this French it's like a French film that came out when I was in high school about these two gay high school girls. And it was like mm-hmm. one of the first like big like movies to center on that kind of story, and I just thought it was really cool. So there okay, we go. <laughs> I wonder if I've seen it. It doesn't I mean 
there was a point at which I made sure to find every single like queer girl art movie of all ever. But maybe I yeah, it sounds familiar, but I yeah. I think it was by the lady who made a portrait of a girl on fire or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that same kind of like thing, except it's like brooding high schoolers. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. uh, Next category. Let's do three foods that in this reality, maybe you can't have too much of for whatever reason, whether it's bad for the world, bad for you, whatever. In this alternate universe, um, we've sort of leveled the playing field. No, no one's getting hurt. No one's going to have like the sugar crash. No one's going to have any allergies. Okay. Three foods. As much as you want, whenever you want. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to go with Twizzlers. Great. Makes I love happy. Twizzlers. Fantastic. Um, I could eat them for forever, but they make me sick. I love the like double fudge round cookies. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. I could eat those for forever, that would be a brilliant world. And just like pasta and all the pastas. Yes, just indeed. like if it was possible to have an endless stomach for pasta. <laughs> Love it and agreed. Pasta stomach. You have a side stomach. That's just for pasta. Yeah, just for pasta. Beautiful. Um, let's do three places in the world that you would love to have a, a getaway place. That doesn't necessarily mean it has to be in a you know remote place. It could be still in a bustling city. Three places you would love to have like your place to escape to. And we can kind of teleport Ooh. you there as well. Yeah. Um, Chicago for sure. Great. Berlin. Great. I love Berlin. And Amsterdam. Yeah. Gorgeous. Okay. Three, the listen, it's romance time. It's MASH. We got to Let's get go. some romance in here. <laughs> I don't care if it's living or dead, any age, any era, cartoons, comics, video games, any character from anything, any person from anywhere, three, and in your mind, they can be long-term partners or one-night stands. doesn't matter. It's all okay. you. All me. Okay. Oscar Isaac. Great. Angelina Jolie. Classic. Oh, okay. Um, And Reggie Watts. <laughs> Oh, yes. I love him. I call him my husband oh my all the time. God, you should call him your husband. Like anytime I'm, he's on TV, I'm like, that's my husband, Reggie Watts, yeah. right there. Oh, Reggie. Yeah. What a special and beautiful person from outer space right. who is like, we're so lucky to have on this planet. I love him so much. Okay. Beautiful. Uh, well chosen. On board for all of those three TV shows that you can hop into whenever you want and just hang with the characters. Or it can be like, it's either that you can make those worlds real, or it can be like you wrote on that show. Or you know what I okay, mean? Like yeah, you're a yeah. part of the making of that show. So okay. it can be meta, or it can be like imaginary, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to do uh, Mad Men. Great. Because uh, I worked in advertising, and I feel like I'd just kill it. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yes, indeed. Uh, I'm going to do Girlfriends. Uh mm-hmm. You know, loved girlfriends and a lot of hot people in that world. So, yes, indeed, yeah. And it seemed like every other week they were just falling in love with a new person and it seemed <laughs> like a way better dating experience than I have in LA. So, uh, and then, ooh, this is tough. <laughs> uh, I would go Dead Like Me. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I love Dead Like Me, and I think it would be really cool if that world was real, and yes. it turns out that I have the opportunity to just like stick around as another person and take souls. I think that'd be a yes. fun job. <laughs> Gorgeous. Love it, love it, love it. Okay, second to last category, let's do, let's do three 
let's I, I'm curious to hear like three sort of alternate universe careers, but I'm not saying you have to commit your whole life to it. I'm saying like you could dabble in this on the side, but maybe in this reality, like it's just too much to have to get that fourth degree or, uh, you know, like it, it, you're like, yeah, I want to own a restaurant, but I don't want to just own a restaurant or whatever. So three alternate universe careers, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're committed to it. 24. OK. OK. Um, rock star. <laughs> Great. I like just a rock star. Um, great, great, great. And bookstore owner. Lovely. Love it. <laughs> Love that. And uh, I mean, I guess it would be great to be like a, like to own a weed shop. Great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> to have my own weed shop. I'd love that. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, and then final category. Ooh, 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 ooh. What do I want to do if I were you? Maybe like three. Well, let's do this. Let's do three skills. I'm. You're clearly somebody who is. You know, you're you're extremely proficient, if not amazing, at many things. But let's give you three skills that we sort of give you down that you download Matrix style. Like suddenly you okay. know all martial arts, or suddenly you speak all languages, etc. Okay, that was the first one I was going to say yeah. is the ability to speak all languages. Yes. Uh, obviously, as a language person, uh, I've always yes. wanted that. Love um, it. I've always wanted the ability to be like an amazing roller skater. <laughs> I love it. Like those people who just like one foot and they're like doing yeah. backwards. I'm yeah. like, you're the coolest people who exist in the world. Yes. Like, you're like, oh, the roller skates you're on must be different than the ones I'm on. Because yeah, like you how- are having a different experience. Yeah, yeah, like I'm just falling down. They're so heavy yes. and you're just gliding like an angel. Oh, yes. Uh, and then I think it would be cool to like have the skills of like an olympic swimmer oh hell yeah it would be cool to like really be able to swim really good yeah agreed (laughs) like do dives yeah yeah are you kidding me also just like it's just never a bad idea if you're like you never know where you'd be a situation where you'd be like well we'll just swim yeah (laughs) yeah we'll just swim and i want to be like the lady who's like yeah i swam the english channel i'm just that good and i'm gonna be like yeah me too well oh my god that would be that's so far away from my reality that it's like it feels like you know a dream yeah i'm Um, one of those people i go to the beach i'm like just my feet thank you (laughs) yeah i mean i mean i can swim but like i just don't have that relationship to like my feeling of safety in the water or trusting myself in the water for that long you know it's just that's amazing to me yeah um okay beautiful all right uh give me a word that describes uh or that helps describe um how your this last weekend was for you Ooh. Fun. <laughs> Great. Easy peasy. Okay, I am going to come up with your 100% guaranteed alternate universe mash reality. Uh, I would love for you to remind everyone what they should be checking out. I will. Yes. Let me see if I can push this to the front of the queue so that um, we can get your uh, your Elysian date in, uh, in there and have it be. Yeah. You know, so if I so if we put this out next week, then it will come out like on the day that your show is. So you can um, mention that again as well. So, uh, yeah, hit us up. Let us know uh, where we where we can find you and what we need to be following you. Follow me on Twitter at the Ashley Ray and on Instagram. It's all the same. I guess not Twitter anymore because it's dying. But at the Ashley Ray on everything. Uh, I have a podcast, like I said, TV I Say with Ashley Ray. Uh, Wherever you listen to them, it's uh, Earwolf podcast where I interview 
famous people about all the TV shows they love. You know, I talked to like Seth Rogen about 90 Day Fiance and just like weird stuff. Um, nice. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So check it out. We have a, we're in our second season. And, you know, if you're in L.A., come to the Elysian tonight where I'll be doing my hour. Uh, Niles Abstin is opening. Amber Rolla will be hosting. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm prepping for that album that'll be out. So love it. Love it. Love it. That timed out so perfectly. I can't even tell you. That was like I put the nice. finishing touches on this work of art, if I don't mind my saying so myself. But uh, OK, so there's a lot going on here. I feel real good about it. Um, I feel like we have crossed the world of like how many different things you could possibly have going on. I'm not sure. I mean, those are your answers. Like it's not. But sometimes there's a thing that sort of forms like a pattern that forms where you're like, oh, this person who said this one thing that happened to be British also said this one other thing that happened to be British. But they got both of those. So it starts to form this picture. The thing that I love about this is that this is so like all over the place that I don't know what that picture is. It is a collage of gorgeousness. I want to start with the fact that you, uh, well, I'll, I'll put two things together that do make sense. Three things. I got them. First of all, I want to congratulate you on the weed shop you own. Oh, yes. In Amsterdam. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> where you also have a beautiful house. Oh, nice. That you share with Reggie Watts. So. Oh. That all feels like, it's a perfect flow. Perfect. I'm Um, loving this. (laughs) All around that is happening. The fact that you have have the ability to jump into water lilies whenever you want to get a totally different sort of sense of you and the world and this this world. Yeah. Enjoying a French high school that's not racist. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, You also have the ability to, well, listen, you're either in Dead Like Me or you're on Dead Like Me. Uh, but either either way, that is also part of your world. Yeah. So we got some sort of supernatural stuff happening there in a great way. Um, you can have all the pasta you want. Ugh. And I'm going to say, while there are no negative repercussions anyway, it's also not surprising because as an Olympic-level swimmer, you don't want I need the carbs. You need you need that back. You yeah. need that resource. Exactly. And you have it and nothing bad is ever going to come <laughs> of it. So, you got that delicious stomach. Now, all of this can happen whenever you want to take a break, you want a little musical break. I want you to know that you can see the complete version of say anything. Ugh. Whenever you want. Wow. So you can Put that memory of never making up and seeing yeah. him again behind you because behind me, you can cause... see him whenever you want. Wow. Intact. <laughs> Intact. That is your MASH world. Ashley, what a blast. <laughs> this has been so much fun. This I'm was so, so fun. I'm so glad we got to do this. Uh, yeah. I, I want you to continue to enjoy Columbia for me. I've never been there. I don't know if I will ever go there. I would love to go. You, you should. I... You know what I mean? I just, it's not, it's, that's a place where I'm like, I don't know anyone there. And I would yeah. love to visit, but will but will it end up on the on the roster? Sounds like it needs to. It should. I absolutely love it. I fell in love with Medellin. It's one of the maybe most beautiful places I've ever been. Yeah. It's I this is like a place I'm gonna try to visit multiple times in my life now. Nice, so. nice. All right, I'm putting it on there. I'm putting yeah. it on there. Maybe on I can do list. a little I wanna go to Chile really bad. So maybe I can put a little yeah. like, we could do some diff some sort of Beautiful, yeah, I'm like uh, planning a whole yeah. like Brazil, Argentina. I'm going to do a whole thing. Yeah, now. <laughs> yeah. Portugal. I'm dying to go to uh, Portugal. I've never yeah. been there. 
All right, we both got a lot of work to do in the travel side. A lot of traveling to do. It's going to be great. Um, Everyone, please follow Ashley. Check out everything. If you're in the L.A. area, go to the shooting of that special. Why not? It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be the best. That's a great group of people in a great place. And uh, I will talk to you next time on the podcast. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Hey, remember one We could save kittens from trees Or lunch on skyscrapers MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported